0: Oh my god, is it really that time again? Really? What I'd really like to do is go for three days without renting a car. I thought I was doing a good thing by getting a hybrid, uh, but, but apparently not. There. Hi, it's Dan Klaas. Uh, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. I just said that... Wow, I don't usually say it in that order. That really threw me off. This is Dan Class. This is The Bitterest Pill. Um, the stream is a little behind me, so it's throwing me off. i got to stop looking. Anyway, hey, how are you? Welcome to the uh, show. This is The Bitterest Pill. I'm under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. This is like... how How is it that I'm doing all of this in the wrong order? There, there's this very specific way that I say, right, that I start the show. Everything else is chaos. Everything else about these recordings is usually absolute chaos, and yet the one part that I can actually be confident in and just relax and just kind of right into the show, how did I just, like, muddle that up? Hi, this... Welcome... Ah, here we go. Now I I remember. Should we start again? Yeah, let's start again. All right, I was just kidding. Uh, This is Dan Class. Well... No, this... Welcome... Yeah, okay. Welcome to The bitterest Pill. My name is Dan Class. I'm in my garage. I don't know how I say the show. It's so stupid. Who cares? Uh, but we are under the flight path. Welcome and thank you. Uh, listen, I know you're not watching the stream. But if you were, my voice and my mouth would be out of sync. And I'm going to get that fixed by next week. Advances have been made... Uh, as far as streaming the show, which I'm very happy about, I got I have a much faster internet connection now. Upload speed, download speed, speed, all the speeds. I had to move my microphone because I can hear the fan. I don't want to talk about the fan, but you know, I don't think we're going to talk too I don't want I don't want to get into the internet accessibility of our our home today. We have more serious things to discuss, and I think it'll take some time. But now, in theory. Maybe we are we going to talk about it because it's coming up? Here it comes. Oh well. In theory, so we just switched over from UVerse to Time Warner Cable. I hope that was not a mistake. It seems good so far. Now, when I signed up, in theory, I was going to have three hundred, and you don't need to understand these numbers. You just need to understand the differences of the numbers, right? Three hundred download Mbps, whatever that. Is. Again, you don't need to know what that means. What you need to know is so we used to have twenty. And I thought 20 was pretty fast. Now we have 300. It used to be 20. Now it's 300. Part of the reason for that is so we could stream the show because we used to have upload of one. And now we have upload of 20. So that's, how, so that's what they advertised. They, uh, I think anyway, the advertisement was you can get download speeds of 300 and upload speeds of 20. I'll keep this brief. So they come and they, listen, the installation was great. The guy was awesome. The TV looks, everything's 1080p now. And the room, it's awesome. Because, you know, two year old equipment is two years old. You get new equipment. It's great, right? Well, it turns out, and stupid me, I should know because I've been fighting all this streaming stuff for weeks now. It's 300 down for devices that can handle 300 down. But see, the router, the Wi-Fi can't handle 300. My router can't handle 300. My phone can't handle 300. Nothing we own over Wi-Fi can handle 300. Now, if you plug, if you sit in the living room next to the router modem and you plug into the router modem, you can get 300. But if you go over the Wi-Fi, you're getting 50. Now, 50 isn't 20, but 50 is not 300. So I'm paying for 300, but I'm really, really, come on. Let's be honest. The way we use internet, I think 90% of the time is Wi-Fi. I'm getting 50. So this thing that I know I have to do, that I've been putting off doing, I'm going to have to do. And what I'm going to have to do Now, I could just get a really long cable and run it from my living room. It's ridiculous. From my living room, through the dining room, through the kitchen, through the laundry room, out the back door, up the driveway to the garage door, in the garage door, past the second refrigerator and into the studio here. Or what I really should do is crawl under the house, right? Drill a hole in the floor of the living room we don't drill into the walls cuz it's you just you just trust me. Just can you can we not argue about this? We just drill into the floor. Drill another hole into the floor and run ethernet cable to my son's room Hudson and ethernet cable to I don't know, the little like there's a hole in the house next to the back door. You know those vent things that you have in the back of your house? Do you have those? This is California. We have these things. There are holes between uh, how do you put this? Like between the floor of your house and the ground, but on the outside of your house, there's holes and they put little screens in there. So what I want to do, I'm pointing like you can see where I'm pointing to. It's ridiculous. But uh, I want to I hardwire into this studio and hardwire into Hudson's room so at least the studio and Hudson and I have 300 and then the rest of the house is going to have 50. And I don't care. Anyway, the, the the point is, the much bigger point, as I, I was hoping I was going to be able to come into the studio and get all that set up. And I did. Except the software that I use to actually push out the stream, this version that I'm using, and I think it's like a newer version, but it's a beta. or I don't know what's going on. But there's a number that I need to put into the software that tells the software how much the, my, my lips are off from my voice. In the software, not in real life. In real life, I'm in sync, but but there's this uh, sync audio sync offshoot overpower thing that I need to put one five zero zero into. Pretty sure. And every time I search the software OBS, an auto audio sync offset. I get YouTube videos and explanations for Windows versions of the software that clearly have it labeled, like right there, audio offset thingy 1500, put your 1500 thing in here, thing. But I can't, I can't, I can't find it. I admit it, I can't find it. I'm going to have to call Todd again. Todd Whitehead of Elf Geek Media and say, Todd, please, Lord, please, figure... Or, Or I need to get older OB I don't know listen who cares who cares the main point of today is oh I wish I had a beverage oh, I, I said ah, I wish I had a beverage and then I looked to my left and here's a beverage now the thing is this has been in here at least a week I would say but I'm gonna I gotta drink some weak old uh, hold on excuse me while I uh, hydrate so My meds finally came through. And apparently they make me thirsty. Hot. All right, so I was going to take the label off that. They make me hot. My meds make me hot and thirsty, which is fine. I don't know that they help my focus. But if you want to smell me kind of sweaty all day long, I am ready to go. Wasn't really my goal, uh? you know just to be hot and sweaty. But I don't have to drink uh, diet colas all day. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to get that even steady, right, military-grade stimulant buzz. So much better than the DIY diet Coke in the car buzz, which results in just anger and death and hell and bad. Okay, so, how are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Okay. I wish, God, I wish I was in sync. If I was in sync, this show would look so, wouldn't this show, I mean, look at how great this show looks, considering how much I've worked on it. Can you imagine if my lips and my voice were in sync live? That would be uh, amazing. And by the way, I completely forgot, I think Jeff might be watching right now. I didn't forget you'd be watching, Jeff, but I forgot to bring up the chat window on my browser Before I started, and the truth is I can't even look at any of that stuff anyway, right? Do I dare? Because no one's there and no one, right? You don't want want to, you don't want to listen to me and you don't want to watch me sit here live and uh, check my text messages, my chat room, right? You don't want to do that. Trust me. Although we're going to do it right now. Be cool, man, for 10 seconds. Oh, shoot, but I can hear... See, if I do this, I can hear myself, and I don't want to hear myself, so stop. Be quiet. Uh, oh, your voice is so irritating. Okay. I'm going to put my little name in there, and then it's going to tell me that the name isn't registered, and I'm going to say, I know, I don't know... How... Oh, it's an erroneous nickname. <sighs> All right. Let's see if this is going to work. Nope. DK, and this is going to be the last chance. No, okay, we're done. Thank you. Nice try. I hope you're having a better luck. I hope you're having better luck in the chat room, the one person that might be there, Jeff. <sighs> anyway, welcome to the show. This is Dan uh, on Adderall. So, okay, so the late, this is what I'm going to tell you. The name of this episode, this is episode something like 346. And the episode is entitled Our Lives Are a wreck. Okay, so here's the story. And I and trust me, I would love to go back to telling you stories about my childhood or my teen years, college stories, something like that. That's what I would that's what I used to do when my life was kind of even and just normal. Little babies would right, they'd rest on my shoulder and take a nap. They they'd, they'd uh, you know, Couple times a, an hour, poop their pants. The other one was in kindergarten, and so so little really out of the routine was going on that I could tell you all these stories about me and cousin Ronnie getting in a fight at Friendlies. The first time I may or may not have gotten stoned. Kids don't do drugs. This woman, that woman, this service call right to a, calling a tech support or whatever for my friend Jean who used to live across the street, and the, I'm pretty sure the tech right we used to get into all that stuff. All right, that was a bad example. That gene thing was a bad example. But do you understand my point? My point is I would love for my life to become so uninteresting that I have to resort to telling you stories about when I was 16. That, that I, think, I really think that's my dream. My dream, forget the podcast, who cares? My actual dream now is for my life to become boring-er. But I think my life, it, but the life part of my life is actually insanely boring. But enough... Shitty things happen where I can still do this podcast, which I guess is good for the podcast because you don't want to hear a podcast about how I good, right? I had a good time going to Chili's for nachos and, and cheap beers or something, right? You That is not a, that's not the podcast that you want to listen to. I, I'm not sure this is the podcast you want to listen to, frankly, but there's nothing I can do about that. Now, so I think this story starts on Friday afternoon, Friday morning, I think. Let, we're going to start there. So Friday, my daughter, my beautiful dancer daughter, Tulu, has a big competition or has, she has a dance competition. Now, usually she doesn't compete on Fridays. Usually it's been Saturdays and Sundays, but apparently this year, maybe it's because she's getting older or something. I don't know, but she competes sometimes uh, on Fridays, which as you can imagine is insanely convenient. Since my wife being the one with a vagina needs to be the one typically to go with my daughter to do these things because I'm not allowed in the dressing rooms. I'm not allowed back. Right? There are all these things I'm not allowed to do because she's a she and my wife is a she. So my wife can go with her, but him, dad, can't go with her, her, right? My wife has to work. We have to pull my daughter out of school early or not at all, which means she's already now a day behind schoolwork and we take her to the competition. But the plan is, so my wife writes out an entire itinerary of everything we need to do. She pre-packs the little suitcase that has all the costumes in it, and the shoes, and the, these kind of backup toe pads, and backup tights, and backup, backup everything. All I have to do, I think, is throw a few snacks in a bag and get my daughter to the dance studio on time so she can warm up, she can run through her material, she can have another snack, she can get dressed, like I have this very finite list of things that I got to do, man, right? Okay. The problem is that Dan is an F-up, and so even with a list like that, and an itinerary down to li- like literally, and then 10 after two, leave for the, right? I am bound to screw this up. But I'm on it. My daughter's on it. She's almost 13. She's on it. She's done this before. Mom is going to meet us later in the afternoon. Everything's going to be fine. Everything, everybody is going to be fine, right? So I get my daughter fed. I get her to the studio. My daughter can warm herself up. That's great. So I, because I want to get this podcast out, I start working on the podcast while I make sure that she's still warming up and dancing. Because if I don't stay on her, she's going to stop and start checking. I don't know what she's going to do, but the time is going to get wasted, right? So I think I'm being multitasking dad. I'm, I know when we're going to leave. I've got my laptop, but I have to download the show from YouTube. I got to strip the audio out of it because that's the way I did it. Oh, no. No, no, no. It was actually... No, no, no. I, I recorded the show last time, so I was going to put that up, but I had to download the video and resync sync the video, and then re-upload the video. And so while Tolu was stretching, that's what I was doing. I was trying to get the video of the show out, okay? Because it needs to get done. So I think I'm winning. I think I'm being a winner. She's getting warm. I'm working. At some point, my wife calls and says she's on her way. We say, great. She's warming up. She had a snack. She had lunch. She did this. She did that. Everything's great. Everything's on time, I think yeah well by the time my wife gets there i'm almost done with the video perfect timing i think my daughter is all warmed up perfect timing and my wife says to my daughter hey have you run through your number my daughter says no and my wife becomes furious and i'm an idiot because she was only supposed to warm up for 45 minutes but she's now warmed up for over an hour Even though I don't know how long it takes to warm up, but I should have consulted the list because I bet on the list it said 45 minutes. So now I'm already in trouble because I'm in trouble a lot. And a lot of it, I think, is unnecessarily hyped up trouble that my wife, I feel, overreacts to the things. But that's because I see the things as individual things, individual F-ups, she sees the thing as F-up number 1,227,347.275 of blah, 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 from over the last uh, almost 30 years. Okay? Listen, my daughter got warmed up. She ran her number several times. It looked great. She was warmed up. Okay, everything was fine. Now, my wife wanted to take two cars because my wife is convinced that the parking at this particular competition is horrendous. In her words, horrendous. The parking, you know, the parking there, the parking there, Dan, is horrendous. She wants to take two cars or excuse me, she wants to take one car. So I'll drive drive up to the doors, and then drop them off, and then I will have to go park in this horrendous parking that I don't honestly think is that horrendous. But she insists it's horrendous. One time she had to park in the back. I get it. Okay. Clearly, you've never been an actor who has an audition where they purposely rent the space for the auditions where there's no parking for three blocks. For me, the parking at Lawndale High School where they have these competitions is just fine and dandy. But the thing is, I don't want to get stuck there forever until the end of awards because our son is off gallivanting socially. So, the girls go ahead of me. I feel like I had something I had to do. I can't even recall why. Um. Maybe I went home and fed the dog or something or. I really don't know it's all a blur trust me it's all a blur you'll see, trust me you'll eh, trust me it's a blur the insignificance of friday afternoon it's a blur okay so we go to the competition i go in and they're about to start. And my wife is backstage with our daughter. they're getting ready. They're stretching. They're doing their thing. And it's a tense situation, as always. But it's not that tense. Because, tense. I can't even talk. Because my daughter's done this 100 times. And by 100, I mean not 100. Maybe 15 times. I don't know. My daughter's done 15 or 20. I have no idea how many competitions. It doesn't matter. It's like her third or fourth year. It doesn't matter. It's tense. But it's not that tense. So eventually it's time almost for her to compete but it's not been her category for a while but all the, a lot of the girls that dance before her some of them seem younger some of them seem older i don't know what anyway it doesn't matter but i start watching and i get very bored by this kind of thing because uh yeah the other a lot of the, listen a lot of the other other dancers uh, i'm not in love with you know what i mean they're not my daughter I don't care about them. They're not really that talented. You know what I mean? They're like, they've been, listen, honey, you've been working hard. I got it. But I think you should go to uh, college for accounting. Manage, or like, what are you good at? Are you good at science at all? Because I got news for you. It's not happening, right? So I'm in the audience and I'm freezing I sat in a row by myself. It immediately got filled up with all these people in their red sweatshirts, their red hoodies from some other dance studio. I don't, I don't want to be crowded by another dance studio who's cheering for a girl who's... Uh, right? Trade school. That's all I'll say. So my daughter comes on stage. She's a vision. I'm in love with her. She glows. And when I say she glows, it's because I th- am in love with her and I think she's radiant, but also because her skin is so pale and we don't let her go outside. Her complexion is about the color of mayonnaise. So she literally glows, like literally light reflects off her like a pair of 80 V8 sunglasses. It's that kind of thing. So she comes right after all these mortals, this glowing CGI character comes out Defying all logic and gravity does this gorgeous. I'm, I've got tears down my face. I'm just glad that I'm not expected to videotape this because that's what happens at the recitals. I'm supposed to be videotaping and I'm bawling and I'm sniffing and the cameras everywhere. It's horrible. So she does her thing and then, um, you know, I meet her later and congratulations and this and this. And I think we even, oh, that's right. We went out to dinner. That's, I completely forgot. We went out to dinner. We had a great dinner. We had a great dinner. And I was relieved that my wife didn't like turn that 15 minutes into a thing. You know what I mean? Because listen, we've been together literally 30 years. Anything can be, I mean, I love her. She loves me. It's right. We're working on it very hard. But little things in my mind can become big and then and then and then they're big to me and then she gets over it. It's a whole thing. So we had a great dinner. We had a great dinner. But it was decided that I couldn't simultaneously go back and watch awards and pick up Hudson from his friend's house at his normal pickup time of eleven o'clock. Okay. Which kind of stinks. So I can't see the awards. And I want to see my daughter win an award because I'm pretty sure she's going to, she, I mean, she was, she was just in my, again, I'm, I know I'm biased. I know I, I should stop talking about it, but this isn't going to last forever. I see it with my son. He's, he's halfway through his junior year of high school and then he's going to be gone. And my little baby girl is right behind him. So I I want to be there when she's up for these right now her routine is i think is beautiful but i also have these weird like for some competitions it's really perfect because it's kind of a classy really skill-based not flash-based routine okay and i worry that she takes this skill like artsy-fartsy routine to these kind of flashier competitions and I, I i'm always worried that she's gonna be very upset and disappointed i'll just put it that way right so But I got to be the man. I got to be the dad. And I've got to be the one. And that's fine. I have no major problem with it. I I have to bow. out. So I bow out of going to the um, awards. And I go get our son. Which is way the other side of our house. From where the competition is. Up in. I don't know where. Up near 20th Century Fox. So I go get H. So by the time I go get Hudson. And bring him back. It's like 11th. 30 or eleven forty-five. So I text. So my wife's phone has died. I text my daughter's phone that I think my wife has I said, Hey, you know, what's, uh, how's it going? What's going on? Should I come? And I thought it was my wife. It turns out it was my daughter texts back and says, no, it's not, it hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even started yet. Long story short, they got home. At one in the morning. So I I stayed up texting them and they're texting back and they're freezing in this freezing auditorium waiting for the awards to be over till what twelve thirty. And then I stayed up till one waiting for them. The size of the trophy my daughter brought home is insane nutty the trophy is the size of a healthy toddler and she so actually uh, let me be clear she comes she's a pack she comes in she's a pack mule it's one in the morning she's got a, a trophy the size of a toddler a trophy the size of a only slightly smaller toddler a plaque for her teacher because she won the other two trophies a ribbon or two and a sweatshirt that says she won. Like she won. Like for the day. She won. So I'm so happy for her. I can... I'm just th- thrilled. We're all so excited. We're exhausted. Hudson's asleep. Well, of course. But we're thrilled for her. She kicked ass. And it, it... You know... It's wonderful to see your kids perform. It's wonderful to see them do well in your eyes. And then it's wonderful as I'm sure, you know, uh, just to see all that hard work recognized. So, um, so the, so the next day, my daughter did not have to compete. The next day she had to go into, to the dance school to, oh, that's what it was. She had to go to, to the dancing studio, the dance studio. That's what it's called, right? The dance studio, the studio, the dance studio. I'm trying to refer to things that we refer to in shorthand all the time and longhand, and it's weird. She had to go to the studio, the dance studio, on Saturday to rehearse one of the numbers that she was going to perform, a big group number, on Sunday. So the plan was... I don't even remember what the plan was. Did Hudson go to karate? Yeah, okay. So Hudson, Hudson and I go at different times on Saturdays to karate, okay? So Hudson goes, and then he's going to he's got to walk home. No, that's what it was. Now it's all coming back. okay. There's so many details to this story. I should have written it all down because it's too much. Okay, so this is what it was. The girls are both still asleep when I leave. Oh my God, that's right there's that's why it was everything's such a cluster. Yeah, so we get up on Saturday morning, me and Hudson. I drive Hudson to the dojo at ten. He's going to take class from 10 to 11. I'm hoping that Melissa can drive him home. He's hoping that Melissa can drive him home. My class is from 11.10 to something like 12.30. Then we clean up, blah, blah, I'll be out of, the, I'll be home by, you know, quarter of one or so. And unfortunately, I won't get a chance. I was a little upset by this. I won't get a chance to talk to the ladies Saturday morning to talk again because I want to hear all the exciting details from my daughter about the trophies and the thing and who else won and what who, how did the other girls from the studio do and all that stuff, right? So, so I go, I drop Hudson off at the dojo and I need to, I needed to ask the grandmaster something, okay? So I go in the front and the Grandmaster's in the back and I bow and say, us, and I'm about to go around and he waves to me like, come, come with me. So I think I'm in trouble. And I'm not usually in trouble, but every once in a while, inevitably, you're going to be in trouble. Not try, you know what I mean? I don't want to be an idiot about it. you. You know what I mean? Like you've done something wrong. Something was lost. Something was late. You know, as my responsibilities there increase... I'm always just worried. I don't want to screw anything up culturally, managerially, gra- anything. Information, right? So I go around the back of the dojo. Now, my plan was that I was either going to go home and check on the girls or I was going to walk for an hour until my class because the grandmaster has me on this walking regimen that he thinks is going to help my hypoglycemia because he literally cured himself, not cured himself of diabetes, but he basically brought his blood sugar, diabetic, whatever that diabetic insulin thing, the te- he he like made it normal with his like chi power. Chi power and walking and breathing. We do this breathing thing when we're walking. He like, the doctor said, you have to take medicine. Maybe I've told you this before. The doctor said, hey, Grandmaster, you have to take medicine. And the Grandmaster said, you know what? Give me give me a couple of months and I'm going to work this out. And then if I haven't worked it out in two months, I'll take your medicine. But I, if I can work it out in two months and you check me, then you know, you trust my way. So Concho did it. He walked and he lifted weights and he watched his diet and he did chi breathing and chi power and all this crazy stuff. Grandmaster stuff. And he got his. So now I have to walk an hour a day. Because I explained to him, because he's always checking on us, our health and everything. He's like, Oh, Dan, how's your body? I'm like, Well, you know, Concho, I got hypoglycemia. What's that? What's well, kind of the opposite of diabetes? And like, Oh, hmm. So insulin, blood sugar? Mm, mm. Okay, you walk every day, one hour. I'm like, oh, jeez." So that was my plan. Because every day when I see the grandmaster, when I see Concho, he asks me if I've walked, and I really should be able to honestly say yes. So the plan was to drop off Hudson. <laughs> drop off. Ho- drop. <laughs> that was twice that I couldn't say it. Drop off Hudson. Walk for an hour. Go back into the dojo, put on the old white suit and belt. Concho said, oh, Dan, did you walk? And I say, yes. And then golden. Instead, I, I show up. I drop off Hudson. I see Concho, he waves to me to go to the back, I go around the back and he says, get in. And he's motioning to his car. Now I've never been in Concho's car. I've bowed at Concho while he's been in his car driving away. I've never been in his car. Now every once in a while I will go to coffee with Concho and another student but that other student usually drives and we usually go over to uh, Panera, okay. Do, does your Panera have karate grandmasters? Because ours uh, apparently does. So Concho says, "Get in." But he's happy. He's happy. It's okay. I'm not in trouble. He's happy. It's cool. So he says, "He says get in." I'm like, okay, and I turn to uh, our like top instructor guy. This I'll call him Dragon. That's not his name. It's kind of his name, but it's not his name. Rue. I'll call him Rue. Can I call him Rue? I'm not going to give you his title. It doesn't matter. Rue Dragon. So I like look at Rue Dragon and I'm like, are you coming too? Please? (laughs) Am I going alone with Concho and Concho's car? Like we've never... Because there's a separation. And as close as we are with Concho, it's right. He's still... It has to be separate. So luckily Rue Dragon is coming wherever we're going. He's coming too. So I get in the back seat because I don't know what's going on. So it turns out we're just going to McDonald's. So we drive over to the McDonald's. It's very close by. I walk by there fairly often. We have a brand new McDonald's, which I had never been in. And apparently we're going to McDonald's to have coffee with the Grandmaster. Okay. So we go in there. And I don't want to shill for McDonald's, but have you been in a new McDonald's? Now listen, I hate their billboards. I'm not going to... I shouldn't say never. Never say never. I, ha- I currently have no intention of eating McDonald's food. True? Okay. And they have all these billboards where they're trying to convince me that they've changed. I don't What they've changed into, I have no idea. Because unless they just put the McDonald's signs up at all the Chipotles, I don't think I'm eating at McDonald's. But I went into McDonald's. A new McDonald's is really nice at least for a McDonald's because an old McDonald's is a McDonald's. Like I feel like an old McDonald's, like a normal quote unquote McDonald's or a Burger King. They're the same McDonald's and Burger King from when I was in high school. This McDonald's, it looks like it was built at an Ikea or something. So this is glass and printed and this is see-through and this is like neon green muted, you know, that kind of muted neon, right? It's just, it just was like weird. To be in like a nice, seems oxymoronical, oxymoronic, right? How the hell, why am why am I? Okay, so apparently on Saturday, instead of walking around the neighborhood, I am sitting uh, with Rue Dragon and Concho having coffee at McDonald's. That's fine. That's completely normal. But what that means is that when I get to the dojo to get suited up, and, and Hudson's done and Hudson's wondering why, how he's going to get home. And Hudson hasn't brought his sneakers, which I want him to wear when he walks home. and he, I, Maybe he brought a jacket. So I call his mother or text his mother and she has been asleep. So, of course, now she's annoyed with me. That I didn't. OK, can you just please, can you pick him up or not? Because if you can't, he's offering to walk. It's not that far. A kid who spends an hour in a karate class should be able to walk the four blocks home after the class. If you're tough enough, right, to punch and kick at your friends, you're tough enough to walk home. So it's better though, honestly, I think in a marriage for one of the spouses to be a martyr and do something than not be a martyr uh-huh. Okay. So, anyway. All right. So, I go to class. And, uh, you know, we do our uh, warm-up and our stretching and our... <coughs> Excuse me. And our punching and our... I don't even... It was a normal class. I didn't get a black eye or a bloody uh lip. I don't think. No. I gotta take a drink because it's gonna be a while before I hold. Just hold on. I gotta take a drink. How you doing? Oh my god, liquid is so good. So. So after karate class. Um. Did I end up locking up or did I just leave? No, I just left. So I leave karate, I leave the dojo. And I'm really excited to see the girls because I really want to see my daughter and I really want to kind of do like a, you know, what do you call it? Post-game wrap-up, right? The post-mortem on her big dance event that I had to miss out on the whole awards thing and, and I want her to, exp- you know, I want to see her. I want her to tell me again what this drove, you know, because at one o'clock in the morning, let's, I'm not that clear, right? But I realized that I'm leaving the dojo at, like, what, 12.45? And she had to be at the dance studio at 12.30 to re- Right? You understand that she's not even home. Oh, well. Okay, so I go home. And I make myself some lunch. And I was really excited because... I do I listen there's this salad I get at Costco okay that I really like and because it has the word kale on the bag I feel like I'm eating something somewhat healthy it's a it's one of those kale you know at Costco you can get well you can get them everywhere it's a big bag of salad and in the bag there's salad and then in the bag there's also another bag that has you know Salad dressing, that's probably 99% sugar and fat. And then some dried cranberries and some sunflower seeds. Well, I've convinced myself that if I buy this at Costco, it's a good deal. And I do enjoy it. And honestly, I think uh, part of the reason I like it too is it takes a while to eat it which means it takes a while to have lunch which means it takes a while that i can be watching netflix on the ipad while i'm eating lunch quote unquote finger quotes in the air so i we had some chicken or something left over so i cut up some chicken i put it on the salad i put the dressing all over the salad i put the right i got my salad this is awesome salad And I'm eating my salad. I'm watching Netflix. I don't know what I'm watching. I might have been watching Broadchurch. Now listen, I'm a little upset with you. Because I've noticed Broadchurch on my Netflix menus for a long time. And no one has ever said anything to me about Broadchurch. And for some reason, one day I decided to watch Broadchurch. And by watch, I mean, probably I watched it while I was eating my lunch. When I say I watch things, and I just want to be clear in case one of you ever meets my wife and you say to her, wow, Dan sure watches a lot of TV for someone that says he's so busy. Listen, when I say I watch things on Netflix, what that means is I carry an iPad around with me from room to room. And while I'm sorting the laundry, Netflix is playing in my ear. And every once in a while, I look over it while I unfold someone's uh, pants. Okay? Okay. I'm in the kitchen. I've got Netflix kind of next to me propped up. It's actually, I set it on the toaster, the cold toaster, cold toaster, while I'm doing dishes. And I do dishes and I look over. I do dishes, I look over. No, in theory, as far as I can tell, I don't really slow down that much that often to look and see what's going on. That's why I usually have continuous loop of 30 Rock because it's talking all the time, talking, talking. But apparently at lunch one day, I decided to watch Broadchurch it's awesome. I'm upset that you didn't mention it before. Anyway, so I'm prob- I'm sitting probably watching Broadchurch or checking Facebook or something while I eat my delicious, kale, healthy, sugar-coated salad. And my wife calls. And of course she's calling now because I'm sitting with my big bowl of salad. Now, I'm most of the way through it. But I liked, you understand, I want to eat my salad and maybe even get a little more salad and just relax, right? It was stressful, like the concho coffee is always like a little stressful and then class is always a little stressful because I don't want to get a black eye because I have this fantasy of someday being an actor in Hollywood Maybe someday I'll get an audition and I'll go on that audition and I can't go on that audition if I have a black eye. So I'm always a little worried that I'm going to get a black eye and I've gotten black eyes. So it's not that crazy. You can't have a black eye. Okay. So my wife calls during my salad and I'm like, ah, I gotta, I gotta take this call because she knows I'm not in karate anymore and I gotta take this call. And it's probably about dinner or is Hudson going to see his friends tonight or whatever. I don't know what's going on, but I got, okay. Darn it. Five minutes. I'd be done with my salad and I'd be off to doing some chores and I would love for her to call. That's fine. But I'm uh, uh, trying, okay. So I answer the phone. Hello, honey. Hi. Hi. Hi, what's going on? And the first things out of her mouth are, we are fine. Do you understand? We are fine. Dan? Yeah? We're fine. But we were in a car accident. But we're fine. Can you come meet us? The car is very badly damaged. We're fine. Can you come meet us? And I say, of course. Oh my God, where are you? She tells me, I know exactly where she's talking about. We hang up. I'm like, one more mouthful of salad that I can chew while I f- I gotta put on my pants. I think I've got I- at this point. I've still got karate pants on. I shove some salad in my mouth. I go and I find my pants. I make sure I have my phone. I sure I have my keys. I actually have. Now this is the thing. I am a I'm an f up. I admit. There's a lot of balls that I have dropped. I admit I am a mess. However, there's something about these clutch. Maybe I should just be a paramedic or something. I should be in high pressure situations because I actually did have the presence of mind to make sure I had a valid, non-expired insurance card with me for my wife's car. So I go in Hudson's room. I say, Hudson, the girls were in an accident. They are fine. I am going to go see what's going on and bring them home or so I don't know what's going on. I will let you know the girls are fine. I got to go car wreck. I got to go. They're fine. I'll see you. I got to go. It is very difficult, as you must be able to imagine if you've not been in this scenario. Very difficult to not drive at the speed of light. When you know that you're going to the scene of an auto accident with your wife and only daughter. But I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to breathe. Because if I wreck our Mazda, we will have no way of getting home. I can't get in an accident on the way to the accident. So I'm breathing. And I'm driving and I'm trying to remain calm and I'm trying to remain clear because I know when I get there, I've got to be calm and clear and try to not become overcome with rage at the person who has smashed into my wife and only daughter. Now, my wife told me that they are sitting in the parking lot where Valentino's Pizza is in El Segundo. Now, this is on Sepulveda Boulevard. It's right the main drag. One of the main drags that goes right through our town of Westchester here under the flypath, right? Sepulveda literally goes under the flypath, like underground, subterraneous, and there's a tunnel. Actually, technically, the flypath... Okay, the planes... Just so you should come and visit. We'll hang out in Westchester. We'll go to In-N-Out. So there's our house, right? The dojo. And then if we go to In-N-Out Burger, right? An In-N-Out Burger is right at the edge of the airport. And then the planes actually land just south of In-N-Out, like literally. If you ever come to LA and you're on Southwest, I think it's probably the best view. Look out, you'll see the In-N-Out. So then there's the airport and then they taxi on the runway and that goes over the street. So, I pass In-N-Out, I go through the tunnel. Now, Valentino's is on the other side of El Segundo. Uh, I guess on the other side of El Segundo Boulevard. Kind of near there's a golf course and the Chevron refinery. So I know where exactly where it is. It's just further than you remember. I keep thinking it's the next intersection. I'm like, oh yeah, the seventy sixth intersection. Oh yeah, the Ralph's intersection. Oh yeah, the 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 one where ha- Hamburger Habit is. There's Elsa, so I finally am close enough, and I can see in the distance, flashing lights. And I can see because of the flashing lights, that there's a couple of fire trucks. And at least one or two police cars. And when my wife called and said they'd been in an accident. And said they were okay. She did mention that it was a serious accident. And I think she mentioned that the car was wrecked. But I was so focused on the fact that I needed to go to my women. And that they were okay. But I needed to get there. It never It just didn't dawn on me until I was on it that there'd be so many lights. And even when you know they're okay, you see those lights and it catches your breath. Because at this point, I don't know how tough they're being, and I don't know how brave they're being, and I don't know anything. But I do know that my wife is very tough and brave and my daughter is very tough and very brave they're both they're both very strong which is great so i know in that situation they're fine but i worry until i get there maybe they've downplayed it so i can get there without crashing and i can get to the situation and be level headed So, I see that the entire area of the northbound lane of Sepulveda is blocked off. They're letting one car go at a time. Traffic is backed up as far as I can see in the northbound lane. It's got to be at least a couple of miles past into the next town, into Manhattan Beach, pretty sure. And at this point, I can't see the girls. And I'm not sure where I should park because of the way the lanes and the medians are. So I just pull into the left turn lane that would allow me to turn into the parking lot where they are behind a Jeep that I'm pretty sure is a police vehicle. I just pull into the left turn lane and I get out of the car. i like, live it. I F it. So I get out of the car. I cross the street and I say to the first cop, listen, that car, that Mazda, That's mine. I'm with two of the women that were in the accident. Do you mind? No, you. I don't mind. Cool. If you need it moved, I, I'm right. I'm your guy. Let me know. So I, I see the car, my wife's car, but it, it, and it registers, but it doesn't register because I'm really looking for the ladies and I see them right away and I want them to see me right away. And I catch my daughter's eye right away. Melissa's talking to the paramedics. And they're sitting at chairs that have been brought out of an Indian restaurant and are now on the sidewalk. And one paramedic is interviewing my wife and my daughter, while the other is making notes. I guess he had examined uh, my daughter. So I walk up, and I give my wife a kiss on the forehead. She doesn't stand. She's she's busy. Being, you know, examined and explaining how she feels. <clears throat> well, at least I think it's all a blur. And I give my daughter a hug, a big, deep. I know you're scared, hug. And she's being so brave. She's so scared and so rattled and so brave. It's so beautiful. And it's a weird time to notice how beautiful someone is, but there is grace in trauma and the surviving of trauma. She was so great, but she had been banged up a little bit. The airbags were deployed. She had, uh, I don't know if you'd definitely call them lacerations, but she had, you know, rug burns, right, from the the airbag on her thighs. She was wearing shorts. My wife was fully dressed, but she said her chest hurt, her shoulder, her neck. My daughter said her neck was a little stiff. So I confer with my daughter. I confer with my wife. They're doing fine. They've got water that got brought out from the restaurants. The police are being great. The police are on it. The paramedics are on it. The guys from, they're all from El Segundo. Now, El Segundo is a small town, kind of in LA in a way, but it's not part of LA. They have their own police department, their own fire department, their own school district, their own, it's El Segundo, it's separate. So those guys are on it. And you know, you're always worried. You never know. Listen, the cops are overworked. The cops are pulled uh, definitely LAPD if it was an LAPD thing I don't know if they would have even come when I when the guys remember when the guy smashed into me in Santa Monica I called them and they're like well did it did you like break the sidewalk or anything I'm like well what do you mean well was any public property damaged you know like a lamppost or the sidewalk or uh, a bus bench or anything like that I'm like no I'm like okay well yeah whatever click that was it <laughs> like they would come out and write a report if we chipped the curb But not that the guy smashed the entire front end of my car in. Okay. Meanwhile, El Segundo's got paramedics van slash ambulance thing, whatever that is, a full fire truck blocking traffic, two squad cars, and the Jeep Wrangler. They're on it. So I go look, really look, now, for the first time at the situation. <clears throat> so what had happened was. My wife and I, uh, my wife and daughter. So we're going to have north and south. And we're going to have one, right? Okay. I'm going to try to explain something very visual verbally. But so basically my wife and uh, well, the, well, from my wife's point of view, this is what happened. She was on her way home with my daughter. And she was not going particularly fast. There was an intersection, I don't know what the distance is, up ahead. So she wasn't going particularly fast because people like to change lanes at that intersection. The one up ahead. So she's not going particularly fast. But the next thing she knows, literally, she is T-boning a Ford excursion. The next, next thing she knows, so she's, so in a split second, she's trying to kind of turn a little bit to the right to kind of deflect this weird blow of her smashing into the side of this excursion. As she's turning to her right, a Volvo comes up on her right, my wife's right. Okay, the now this is what we're going to call the four number 4 lane, okay? My wife is in the number 3 lane, you see. And she strikes this car. Then the Volvo in the number 4 lane. I don't know if that woman was trying to make the light or wanted to get up there quickly because she thought she could make the right-hand turn. I don't know what has happened. She clearly was going very fast. And she also T-bones this excursion and smashes into the side of it my wife smashes a little bit or skids a little bit or cranes a little bit off of the volvo and they all come to a stop airbags are deploying everywhere now luckily like i said my wife most of her in- injuries i, I think well, you know, you're going to get some whip. I mean, listen, I don't want to speculate. But anyway, like I say, her chest hurt a little bit, shoulder, neck. My daughter scrapes. Her neck hurt a little bit, but they were fine. They got out of the car on their own. My wife said it was a little hard to open the door. They walked away from the car. The woman in the Volvo had to be pulled from the car. She was she was alive and well. She had to be pulled from the car because she wasn't fine. She couldn't walk out of the car. Her legs were in incredible pain. And you guessed it. The woman driving the excursion is completely unharmed. And from all we can tell, completely unfazed by the entire situation. So much so... That I, So I leave the girls and I look at our car and our car is just, in my estimation, totaled, totaled. My wife was driving a Volkswagen GTI, which is a very small car, right? It's like, it's the rabbit GTI body style, right? It's a tiny little car. As far as I can tell, the thing's totaled. The radiator's gone. The front end is gone. My wife, you know, the driver's side is, I mean, it's like, it's crazy. The side of the excursion is pushed in by the Volvo, which is still up against it. The Volvo's smashed up, but I I don't even really I didn't even look to see the Volvo. The so so I'm I'm looking at all this, and there's a woman standing by the curb. Just sort of standing there. Now I had asked my wife, so what happened to the lady in the Volvo? And my wife said, "Oh, they they took her away, right away. They took her, somewhere, hospital, somewhere." And and, and when I asked her at that time, I said, "Well, where's the driver of the big white excursion?" And my wife's like, "I don't know. I don't know. They they're keeping us apart <laughs> because apparently, and I don't know how the cops. I, I someday when when there's more time between then and now, so to speak." I want to ask my wife for the details of this part of the story. So they all smash. Well, at some point, my wife starts pointing to the driver of the white truck going, you did this. You did this. You. And apparently the police, rightfully so, decided to keep my wife away from the driver of the white excursion because my wife would have ripped her limb from limb. So the, so I, I get my wife to describe the driver of the white car and she describes the driver. The driver is the lady that I see just sort of standing around on the sidewalk, occasionally talking to the police. She's wearing a little sundress. She's probably 50 something big dark glasses. And she has over her elbow like a shopping bag. And she's just standing around calmly. No visible remorse. No visible, are you okay? No, like nothing, nothing. Stone-faced the entire time. Nothing, nothing. The glasses stayed on. The expression stayed blank. Nothing, nothing. The Volvo hit her excursion So hard. So this is what happened. She was heading in the opposite direction of my wife and daughter. On the other side of the median. Okay. But there's a cut in the median so you can turn into the Valentino's parking lot. So she turned and was aiming for the parking lot. The Volvo hit her so hard it pushed the excursion completely out of alignment with the curb cuts for the parking lot. Now, I'm going to say, I'm, I know. If you caught that, you got it. If you didn't catch that, I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it again because it's kind of amazing. The Volvo was going fast enough and is heavy and strong enough that it hit the excursion with such force it was able to move the excursion the width of the excursion so the excursion is now not in line with the entrance to the parking lot no wonder they had to take her to the hospital so this is this is this is what the lady claims ready and maybe this won't make sense to you because maybe you live somewhere where there's what I uh, naively call normal traffic. I live in Los Angeles where there's heavy traffic and getting heavier all every year. Every year it's heavier and heavier. So if you live somewhere with heavy traffic, this is not surprising to you in the least. If you live somewhere normal, this is, it's just whatever. So this is what, this is her explanation she wanted to turn into the parking lot. And the person in the number one lane going the opposite direction stopped for her. And the person in the number two lane in the, op- right, this is my wife's lanes, one, two. So the number one lane person and the number two lane person going northbound stopped to let her turn. And so she went, never checking the condition of the three and four lanes, never checking to see if they were moving, stopped, if they'd seen her, if they were empty, if there's someone coming, if there was a Volvo that was going to smash her so hard that she knocked her excursion six feet sideways. But that's where that was her mind. That was her excuse. That was what she couldn't understand. But the guy in the number one lane and number two lane said it was okay. Listen, my son's about to start driving. Maybe you have kids. They're going to start driving someday. Maybe your kids are driving. Maybe you have a wife that's driving Maybe you are a person that's driving. Maybe there are everyone driving. Please hear my words. Ready? This is simple. Just because you have permission from the number one and two lanes doesn't mean the number three and four lane people are going to stop too. The people in the number one and number two lanes do not have telekinetic connection. Is that the word I'm looking for? Right? Right? They don't have like mind control of the third and fourth lane. So just because you get permission from one and two, that doesn't mean you should just turn, dum-dum. Okay, dum-dum? How many times? How many? Because this happens to me every morning when I'm trying to turn back into the neighborhood. I have to turn left into our neighborhood. And sometimes, and it's the weird thing. It is the because I think the one and two lanes fill first on the other side of an intersection or leading up to an intersection. So the one and two lanes are the more likely to, right? Not have anything to gain by continuing. So, you get permission from the one and two lane and they're like, no, go, go. And you're like, dude, no. You don't know what's going on. the rest. They, They're like barreling ahead. No, you can't do that. So because the police are there, and because this is a big accident, and be, maybe because and because my wife was heated, I guess, um, and maybe this is just standard operating procedure in El Segundo, we did not exchange insurance information with uh, the lady that had the excursion. The police assured us that that would all be in the police report. Which is weird. Not that they said it would be in the police report, but that it's just like, so... I mean, eventually everybody starts leaving. A guy comes with a tow truck and he's going to tow away our GTI. The thing is in such bad shape. And I'll show you pictures in a couple of minutes. Well, after the podcast, I'll show the video, the video. Stay tuned, video people, and I'll show you the pictures. Um, the car is such a wreck. The tow truck guy can't, <laughs> he can't tow it. Because the wheels are bent and he can't like he can't turn the steering wheel to put the wheel straight, and there's so much debris from the front end of the car in the engine that he's literally pulling the bumper out from under the hood of the car, and all the piece all those plastic underneath pieces have got to come out he's literally just like emptying stuff out of the car and dumping it on the sidewalk, but eventually the you know the half the cops leave half the fire department leaves the woman that drove the volvo she was never there while I was even there so she's not even part of the story right i have to go move my car cuz the cops are leaving so i i move my car into the parking lot and eventually they they you know they pull our car into the parking lot our our gti they're going to pull the excursion and, and then they're going to take it to a tow yard and then uh it's going to die there So eventually we just leave with nothing, not with nothing. No, I shouldn't say that, but it's just, it's weird to leave. Yeah, that was an exaggeration. I feel like, I feel like it's nothing because what I want is this woman's insurance information because we now have to rent a car and I feel like she just destroyed our car and then is going to get to just go home. The police have the insurance information and it'll be in the report, but the report isn't scheduled to come out until Tuesday. This is Saturday. So I have a, I have a business card from the guy from the tow yard, the tow truck guy. And I have a card from the police with an incident number and a police report number. But I, ha- I don't have her name. I don't have her insurance company. I don't, ha- I don't have any information about the woman from the other car. We've pulled a bunch of stuff out of the GTI. I'm pretty sure it's empty. I don't think I'm going to ever see that car again. And we drive home. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. Um, Listen, I'm not a doctor. My wife is still having pain. Um, My daughter seems to be okay. I don't want my feelings of feeling lucky. How do I put this? Put me in a state of complacency about the follow-up about the reimbursement and about the medical ramifications of the whole situation because I bet what happens is something like this happens and you're so thrilled that you're not dead that a little shoulder pain doesn't really seem like that big a deal because I'm sure it'll go away, you say to yourself. And uh, my neck's a little sore, but, but if, if I rub it, it'll be fine. Let's wait and see a couple days, and a couple days, In a couple days. And the next thing you know, you've let it slide because you're so happy that you're alive or that your spouse is alive that your daughter is alive because part of you feels like it's over because they're safe and no one bled at least no one in your family And you try to have faith in the police department and you try to have faith in the insurance companies, but you know you can't have total faith in anything or anyone ever. And if that's news to you, bless you, you've had a wonderful life. I can't do it. So in a way, I knew it was the beginning of two weeks, three weeks, two years, I have no idea of our lives being about this wreck. What I don't think I understood was how big a wreck I could make of things by falling asleep. but we're going to talk about the rest of this story next time on The Bitterest Pill our lives are a wreck but don't worry it'll end well let's try this yeah. I forgot. I forgot what I did. Oh my god. So loud. Oh my god. It's all gone horribly off the rails. I can't tr- I I can't figure out how to turn the camera back on. so many buttons let's see there you go are you there now i set all this up before the show and then you know you get into telling a story and then you're trying to cue music uh, is this ever gonna work i have no idea this is getting louder good christ sorry i didn't mean to say that sorry how are we doing all right that's been the bitterest pill for this week Everybody is fine, um, like I said. But next time, we're gonna talk about what happens if you fall asleep after your wife and daughter are in an accident, what happens when you get insurance on a rental car, what happens when you get a rental car without a reservation, what happens when you ask too many questions about the police report, lots, lots of stuff but everybody's fine everybody's great um rendered a Ford Fusion for a couple days hybrid it was Fusion right Ford Fusion does that make sense I don't even know what song is supposed to be alright just stop just stop alright that's some bitter pilly music right anyway I, I drove a Ford Fusion or focus Fusion Fusion hybrid for a couple days I don't know man do you drive one of those will you tell me about that in all seriousness, I and maybe this is the crazy thing: I want to get a Ford Fusion Hybrid and just be an Uber driver. Will that make me enough money? Probably not, right? Skilled labor has a way of not really making you enough money. Unskilled—did I say unskilled? I'm an unskilled podcaster. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Dan Class. Uh, this is the Bitter's Pill. Welcome. Uh, no, oh, we're ending the show, sorry. So, yeah, let's let's end the show. Oh my God, it's almost time to really be done with the show. I gotta walk over and get a new... I have to walk and get a rental car, it's a long story. Trust me, next time, it's all about getting rental cars and walking around. And getting in trouble for everything. So, thank you for uh, listening to The Bitter's Pill. Let's push some buttons and see what happens. Oh, okay. Please follow me on Twitter. No reason. Because every once in a while, I tweet. Do you know what Twitter is? At twitter.com? You should look into it. It's a social media thing, apparently. You can write me a pill at danclass.com. You never do. Uh, I won't write it uh, back. I'll probably forget. Um, There's the website. You know the website, thebitterspill.com. Okay, good. Anyway, if you ever... uh, I have the time you should stop by and watch me fiddle around with all this technology and fail miserably on uh, when we do the show live Uh, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time which is what 2.30 Eastern 12.30 Mountain I don't know about Central is is Central still a thing Oh, okay and then of course let's do that thanks to everybody that supports the show on Patreon you literally are keeping the show going I so need a better computer and um, your contributions and support through Patreon are making that possible ish. We'll see. We're working on it. We're saving, we're saving our dough, but uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Dan class. If you want to help support the show by giving a little bit of your hard earned me to me for each episode to support the show and not anything else. So thanks to all of you, of course, especially Megan, Jeff Short, Rob Houston, Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Chase and George, Cortinez, Chris Klass, Scott Mercer, and many, many more. Again, patreon.com slash Class. Thank you so much. So, oh gosh, the song ended. That must be my cue. The Bitters Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's...